This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. Happy Advent! You know, growing up, we faithfully celebrated Advent as a family. We um, lit candles every Sunday, and we sang Advent songs like O Come Emmanuel, and we prepared for Christmas through service and gift-giving and lots of food prep. You know, but for me growing up, Advent was all about remembering and celebrating Jesus's first coming, his miraculous incarnation, and his miraculous and humble birth. But as an adult, and now as a born-again Christian, I truly appreciate the season of Advent. Yes, it is about remembering and celebrating Jesus' first coming, but it's really more about his second coming. The season of Advent reminds us that Jesus promised to come again. It's a season of preparation for his glorious second coming. In his first coming, he came as the sacrificial lamb. He came to save us and to redeem us. In his second coming, he will come as a mighty lion. He will come to judge, to set up his kingdom, and to dwell among the church. This is why when the kids were growing up, I focused just as much time on learning about Jesus' birth as I did about sharing his promises and the prophecies of his return. Friends, he is coming back, and I think the time is near. We're living in some very exciting days. Every day, we're watching prophecy unfold before our very eyes. The birthing pains are getting stronger and more frequent. His return is imminent, and I wouldn't be surprised if we were the generation that gets caught up to be with him and then see his glorious return. Now, this Advent, I wanted to focus on Jesus' mother, Mary. I can't even begin to comprehend what it was like to be the mother of the Messiah. In all honesty, I don't think Mary truly comprehended this task herself. In many ways, Mary was just like us. She was living each day, doing the best she could, not sure if she was doing what she was doing was good enough or good at all. I'm sure she had much more weight on her shoulders knowing that her son was the son of God, but that's why I like to study Mary. If Mary could do this ministry of motherhood with the burdens and challenges that she faced, then I could learn a lot from her. And Elizabeth declared that she was blessed among all women. I mean, what a privilege to raise the Savior of the world. But Proverbs 31, it promises that moms who walk in obedience will also be blessed. 
Proverbs 31.28 tells us that her children will arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I mean, what a privilege we have to be called mom and to be given the honor of raising our children. I think in many ways, though, we're a lot like Mary. Single and young moms can definitely relate to Mary. She was young and in many ways very alone. And moms who care for their elderly parents can relate to Mary too. Even though it didn't explicitly say, we can infer that Mary probably helped care for her parents because it was culturally expected. And we can definitely say she helped care for her elderly cousin, Elizabeth, for at least a little while. And homeschooling moms, we can relate to Mary. She had the sole responsibility with Joseph, of course, to teach her son about his father in heaven to teach him the Torah, to teach him about his culture and its traditions, to teach him his livelihood, and to teach him how to read and write and function in this world. I'm sure there were many days the responsibilities of motherhood caused Mary to be tired, maybe confused and exhausted, maybe even stressed out or even sad. I mean, the Bible tells us that she pondered many things in her heart. Many things were told to her by angels, by the wise men, by priests, by family members, and prophets that the Bible says she didn't quite understand. It said that she pondered these things in her heart. She thought about them, but ultimately she prayed about them and then gave them to God. So what can we learn from Mary this Advent season? How can Mary's responses to her calling of motherhood and to Jesus' first coming help us as moms? And how can we apply these lessons this Advent season to our homes and our homeschooling? Well, I want to look at three things. I want to look at Mary's questions, Mary's actions, and Mary's responses. Now, if you have a Bible nearby, go ahead and read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Luke tells us that in Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Nazareth, to a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Now, we learn a lot in these two verses. I mean, miracles are happening all around her already. Her elder cousin is with child. This is definitely from God. An angel is sharing this news. Prophecy is being fulfilled. She is a virgin, and it's happening in a very humble place. So, we can also gather that Mary is very young. She's promised to be married, but she's still single, and she's still a virgin, and she still lives in a small town, and we know how gossip travels in small towns. There was nothing particularly unusual about Mary, though. When the angel appeared to this young teenage girl, she was not from a wealthy or notable family, yet the angel greeted her with, You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The significance of Mary's life was not based on any of the things that our world values so highly. It wasn't based on her background or her physical beauty or her intelligence or her education or her natural gifts or her abilities. What gave her significance was her relationship to Jesus. The Lord is with you, is what the angel told her, and that she was highly favored Because we learn in other parts of scripture, Mary was faithful and she was obedient to God. She followed him and she praised him. 
As moms, we need to remember that our significance doesn't come from what we do or what we know. It comes from what Jesus did for us and who we know. As believers, God is with us too. The season of Advent and the miracle of Christmas is all about remembering that God is with us, that Jesus dwelt among us, and that the Holy Spirit is in us. We're never alone in this mothering gig. God is always with us, Jesus saved us, and the Holy Spirit is there to guide us and help us. So we too are highly favored in God's eyes. He chose you and he chose me to be the mother of our child. Like Mary, we may not feel worthy of this task or this calling, but God in his wisdom knew that our children need us just as much as we need them. And like Mary, it's beyond a task or a calling. It's a privilege and it's a blessing. Now, Mary, of course, was confused by these words and she pondered them. But the angel reassured her, Mary, do not be afraid girl, how many times do we need to hear God tell us this? From the moment we find out we're pregnant and our human nature takes over and we begin to worry about everything. Is the baby healthy? Is the baby safe? Will she be okay in this world? And then the baby's born and mama bear really takes over then. We worry and we stress about everything. Yet God is constantly trying to remind us to just not be afraid. In this crazy, mixed up, downright evil world right now, it's so hard not to be afraid. Yet that's exactly what God is calling us to do. Then the angel Gabriel proceeded to tell Mary that she would conceive and bear a son who would be the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that he will be a king with a kingdom that never ends. Okay, so I know how overwhelmed I was when I was told I was having a baby girl. I can't even begin to comprehend what was going through Mary's mind at this gender reveal. The announcement must have been mind-blowing. But I love Mary's response. This is one of those times I feel like Mary really gets me. Like Mary and I would be really good friends. She respectfully and she humbly asks God, um... How will this be, since I do not know a man? Now keep in mind, Mary's not questioning God's ability to do it. She's curious as to how it will take place, considering she knows the science behind conception. Now, my response would have sounded more like, Huh? You're pulling my leg. Okay, who's pranking me? Where's the camera? Joe, you gotta be behind this joke. You gotta be kidding me, Gabe. I can't even remember to feed my dog. And you're telling me God has chosen me to raise the Messiah? Come on, man. Is this for real? Seriously, Gabe, you got the wrong girl. Check the town over. There's a nice, smart Mary over there in Galilee. Here, I'll even give you some directions. Yeah, that's me. I probably still would have given Gabriel directions. (laughs) Anyway, Mary isn't questioning God like Zachariah questioned him about John the Baptist. She was just curious as to how the logistics of this whole thing was going to work. We need to be more like Mary. Here we see some of Mary's most endearing qualities, obedience and trust. She wasn't afraid to voice her questions, but in the end, Mary chose obedience. Like Mary, 
We don't need to have all the answers to say, I am the Lord's servant. God doesn't expect us to understand it all or to even approve of his methods and his plans. He does, however, reward obedience and faith. In fact, faith is all about stepping out in obedience, even when we have no clue what God's doing and we don't understand. Now, in the next section, Mary humbly and simply accepts. After the angel Gabriel gives her an explanation of the how and a more detailed explanation of who her child would be and what he would do, she simply responds with, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Oh, y'all, to be more like Mary is here. I can't even begin to count the times my conversation with God would have continued with way more questions a whole bunch more of what ifs and how comes and are you sure and can we try it this way first before I finally reach the okay Lord let's do this phase of the conversation and commitment yet for Mary she was all in there weren't any other questions and there were no doubts it's here that we see two more endearing qualities about Mary faith and availability Mary was a willing participant. Mary was willing to give up her own plans and her agenda so that she might link arms with God in fulfilling his plan. Y'all, okay, I have to admit something here. I have always been a willing participant to being a mother and then eventually to being a homeschooling mom. But I must admit, I may have participated a little bit kicking and screaming for part of it. To be more like Mary is my goal. And her faith was unbelievable. She simply believed that what God said he would do, he could do. I mean, that's a perfect definition of faith right there. Do you realize it? That's how simple faith is. Believe what God said he will do because he actually can do it. And don't forget, when God gives a command that has consequences to obey, he will also give the strength to accomplish it and doesn't neglect or forget the person making the sacrifice of obedience. Like Mary, God's got your back in this ministry of motherhood and this calling to homeschool. So what impossible tasks has God given you? Is it to homeschool? Is it to homeschool your special needs child? Is it to homeschool while you're working full-time or while taking care of an elderly parent full-time? Is it to homeschool on a very small income? (laughs) Is it to homeschool while trying to beat a chronic illness or depression? Whatever seems implausible or impossible in your life right now, it's really okay. I mean, what purpose or calling has God given you That might be leaving you feeling confused or disturbed or troubled or even afraid. And how has your response been? Has it been like Mary's? A little bit like mine. Remember, the angel's response to Mary was, God is with you. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We too must be filled with the Spirit if we're to fulfill the purpose for which God has chosen us. Don't ever forget that we cannot do what God has called us to do. 
We cannot parent that child, love that husband, care for that elderly parent, submit to that boss, teach that Sunday school class, homeschool, or lead others perfectly. We must always remember that we can only live the Christian life and serve God through the power of His Holy Spirit. As soon as we think we can handle it on our own, we become useless to God. We have to be willing to get out of the way, to let God take over, and to let Him overshadow us. In this first section, Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 36, we can learn three important things. One, that God uses ordinary people who have extraordinary faith to do some pretty impossible things. We can also learn that God can use those who are faithful to Him to accomplish great things. And third, God can overcome any obstacle, no matter how big or how difficult. Now, if you have your Bible, read the next section, which is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. In these few short verses, we see Mary going to her elderly cousin Elizabeth and her baby in her womb's response to Mary and to her child. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in this chapter. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 45. It goes, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Friends, that's an awesome promise to us. We are blessed. A woman who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises is a blessed woman. It's like the Proverbs 31 woman. In Proverbs 31, verse 25, it says that she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. But I love the New Living Translation version. It says it this way. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Y'all, Mary was blessed. Elizabeth was blessed. We're blessed because we know we are in God's will as we homeschool. As we walk in obedience to whatever our calling is, we can laugh at the days to come because we don't have to fear the future. Mamas, just clothe yourself with strength and dignity. Sip your coffee and laugh at the day ahead of you. Declare God's will to be done, not yours. Now, I will admit, sometimes I laugh at the days to come in a very hysterical, crazy kind of a laugh, usually brought on by uncontrollably crying, that turned into this weird kind of hysterical laugh. Probably not the one God's referring to here, but the point is, and even in those moments, we can still pick up our head, lift our coffee mug and say, bring it on. I'm a mess, but God isn't. Now, many of the things we're called to do do seem like impossible tasks. They require huge leaps of faith. But God specializes in the impossible so that when the victory is won and the task is completed, we can't take any of the credit. Others who know us well know that we didn't do it. And we know that we didn't do it. It could only have been done with God, through God, and in God's grace. I always say my kids grew up and graduated homeschooling, not because of me, but in spite of me. There came a point I had to pray to God and then just get out of the way. I needed to decrease so that he could increase. It was only then when I turned over everything 
my marriage, my kids, our homeschooling, our business, turned it all over to God, that I was finally able to receive some of these blessings. They were all there all along. The problem was me. I was standing in the way. Now, when I read this passage, I often wonder if human nature took over a little bit in Mary here. I mean, did she run to Elizabeth because she was so excited to hear the news that she wanted to help her and serve her cousin? Maybe. Or did she run to Elizabeth because she wanted to see this miracle for herself and to be a part of it? Maybe. (laughs) Or did she run to Elizabeth because she knew that a bomb was about to explode on her little town of Nazareth and things were going to start heating up for her and her parents and her fiancé? I mean, she was a young, unmarried, engaged girl who's now pregnant. I mean, the rumors and the taunts and the ostracizing and the embarrassment. Did she run to Elizabeth maybe for a little reprieve? Well, we really don't know, but I suspect it was probably a little bit of all three. It's obvious she loved her cousin, and it was obvious she had a servant heart. So to help her cousin Elizabeth and to serve her seems like something Mary would have instinctively wanted to do. But it's also obvious that Elizabeth's pregnancy was a huge miracle. Mary was faithful to Yahweh. She had heard of miracles and read about them her entire life, but to see God's mighty hand in action, what an honor that would be, right? And it is obvious that Mary was young and engaged and from a very devout Jewish family living in a very small town. Maybe out of respect for her parents and for Joseph, she just wanted to give them a little space to process things and to let God take care of ministering to their hearts. But I do believe that Mary's visit not only ministered to Elizabeth's heart, but it definitely ministered to Mary's heart too. I'm not sure which one it is, and maybe it's all three, but it does lead us to ask a few questions about ourselves. When we're faced with challenges, do we run? Do we run and serve others as a way to help others, as a way to deal or maybe not deal <laughs> what's before, before us? Do we run to mentors and other moms who have been there and done that to seek guidance and help and prayer? Do we run and take time to be alone or to be with a trusted friend to process what's going on? In this ministry of motherhood and calling of homeschooling, we all need an Elizabeth in our life. We all need a friend to go to or a mentor to call on for advice. God doesn't want us to do this journey alone. In this second section, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45, we are reminded of two important things about God. One, with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible for God. And two, God truly honors the faithful and the obedient. Remember, God doesn't want perfect moms or phenomenal teachers. He calls us to be faithful disciples. That's it. Just let God do the rest. Now, if you have your Bible, read the last section of Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. This passage is often referred to as Mary's song. And oh, to praise God the way Mary does. I want to be a mother like Mary. I want to be a servant like Mary was. I want to be a daughter of the king like Mary was. But ultimately, I want to be a follower and a believer like Mary was. Mary was obviously a woman of the word. It was hidden in her heart because her prayer and her song in Luke 
chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, includes at least a dozen quotations from the Old Testament scriptures. It leads me to ask myself, do I have God's word hidden in my heart so much that in times of joy or pain or confusion, that those words just shoot out of my mouth and from my heart in praise of God the Most High? I mean, her prayer is full of worship and praise for for who God is and what God has done in the past and what he's going to do in the future. She knows that she can trust the Lord with these seemingly impossible tasks before her because her God is a faithful God. She's seen him in the past keep his promises, so she knows he will be faithful to do so now and in the future. She knows the prophecies are true because God declared them. Mary glorifies the Lord and she rejoices because of him. She acknowledges he's done great and mighty things and that his mercy extends from generation to generation. Mary proclaims he's a mighty and worthy God and he's worthy of all of our worship and praise. So what do we learn in this last section, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56? Well, we learn that God is a promise keeper. We learn that he's worthy of our honor and praise. We learn that there's no other God like him. We learn that when we're faced with impossible miracles, God deserves our praise. And we learn when we're faced with impossible or even dangerous tasks, God deserves our trust. So my final question to ask is this. When God puts challenging circumstances in our lives, like chronic illness, or aging parents, or sick children, or learning struggles, financial burdens, natural disaster crisis, or even the idea of educating our children at home or continuing to homeschool, how do we respond? We ultimately have two choices. We can either worship or we can whine. We learn from Mary, there's a blessing in the worship. In this Advent season, as the hustle and bustle take over, and maybe even as colds and flus enter our door, let's remember Mary. Let's try not to complain or gripe. Let's try to turn our whining into worship instead. It's my prayer for you and for this holiday season and in our homeschooling journey that whatever comes before us, that our response will be like Mary's. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little Bible study and Advent coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carry Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this holiday season, or with a homeschooling friend who's facing what might seem like an impossible situation. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast, and then maybe take a few minutes to leave a little review for us. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and our homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We are so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. Merry Christmas. And see you next time.